Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome in, MD Nation. Welcome back to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're streaming to you live on social media at BellyUpMDFM Show. And, of course, on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. Subscribe. And you always check us out after on your favorite pod streaming app, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, wherever you like to go. And we'll be on tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Unhinged Radio Network on unhingedsn.airtime. Dot pro. We're going over the primetime matchup recaps of Sunday night and Monday night game. And we have the waiver wire report because it's time to look ahead of week six. Now, usually what I say is don't panic, right? First quarter of the season, no matter what your record is, don't panic. I will say this. If you're 0-5, it's time to panic a little bit. Your, your season might be almost done. We're going to try to get you better. You can always contact us. On social media, DM us at BellyUpMDFF Show. I'm here to help you guys any way that I can. Even if you're 0-5, your season's not over yet, but it is time to make some moves. Hopefully you're not at that point, especially when listening to this show. And we got a waiver report that I think will help you guys get even better. But before we get into that, let's recap these games from Sunday night and from Monday night. Tell you who is in trouble 
I would be a little bit concerned about if I was the owner, the coach of this team, Kansas City Chiefs. They're in trouble. Two and three now. Got shellacked at home by the Buffalo Bills. And by the way, it wasn't like the Bills had to bring their A game to win this game. Kansas City's defense has never been great, but it's really bad. And defenses, conversely, seemingly have figured out how to keep the Kansas City Chiefs respectable. At least not from getting a big lead. Remember, the Chiefs defense, it functions entirely on the Chiefs offense, getting them a two-score lead early in games. That hasn't been happening. People have been able to keep them contained enough to score with them, to never put them in that position where their defense can then tee off and start playing to its strengths. And as a result, everyone's been able to stay in these games. Buffalo Bills, you know, they were winning this game from start to finish. We'll start on that side of the ball. Josh Allen, he's my number one quarterback. He's not going to go down as the number one quarterback of the week, but he was phenomenal. 315 yards, three passing touchdowns, all off of 26 passing attempts, by the way. Didn't have to throw the ball that much. That's a really low number. 26 is not a number you're going to see the Buffalo Bills stay at as far as pass attempts often this season. Not on this pass first team. Oh, and he tacks on 59 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Look good rushing the ball. Josh Allen won this game. He was diving head first on some of these carries, pick up the first down. There was no way Josh Allen was going to get denied in this matchup. None whatsoever. They just wanted it more and showed on the scoreboard. Zach Moss, while he didn't have a great game, 11 carries, 37 yards, only 3.4 yards a carry, did tack on 55 yards through the air on three receptions and four targets. He dominated Devin Singletary as far as actual playing time goes. That's the first time that's really happened. Up until this point, it's been pretty even. There's been a couple games where Singletary's been ahead. There's been a couple games where Zach Moss has been ahead. But the overall playing time has been pretty even between the two. It was not in this game. The game in which the Bills were leading, it wasn't close. Zach Moss had 42 snaps to Devin Singletary's 15. 19 routes run to his 8. 11 carries to his 6. We've thought all along that eventually Zach Moss would be the one to take over because it seems like the Buffalo Bills want Zach Moss to be the future because Devin Singletary kind of just is what he is. Well, if this was any indication, they might be well on their way to having that happen. If that's a trend that continues, Zach Moss could be somebody who, I still don't think he'll ever be more than RB3, but he could be a high-end solidified RB3 rather than a guy that you have to put in there because he's getting double-digit touches in a backfield on a high-scoring offense, which is what he has been so far at this point, which is why default he's an RB3, but nothing you'd want to be excited about playing. You might actually have some confidence if he could just file overtake Devin Singletary. We got to see if that comes to fruition. It's only one game. I'm not ready to say that. I would not be surprised if come back next week, Devin Singletary is leading the way in touches because that's just how this backfield is broken down. But if you're looking for something to shake out, that's at least heading in the right direction. Dawson Knox was great to get. Dawson Knox is a top 10 tight end rest of the year. He's getting utilized every single week. The talent has come through with fruition. 
three receptions, 117 yards, a touchdown on 53 yarder, no less, four targets. Now, some of this production is coming at the expense of Stephon Diggs. Only gets five targets, two receptions, 69 yards. If you're a Stephon Diggs owner, there's no reason to panic. He's been seeing double-digit targets more times than not. The Bills wound up surprisingly dominating this game rather than this, you know, rather than this being a shootout back and forth the way it was originally expected to go. So there's a lot of things that are taken into consideration. I still think Stephon Diggs is a wide receiver one. Now, is he the top five receiver one he was last year? No. And that's because of Emmanuel Sanders and his involvement. He had two touchdowns in this game, five targets. Dawson Knox now being more of a thing. Last year, it was just the Stephon Diggs show and Cole Beasley getting sprinkled in every once in a while. There's other mouths to feed now in Buffalo. So it's never going to be that case. But still a team that typically is going to throw the ball 35-plus times in the game. Like I said, up until this point, I've been seeing around double-digit targets. Better days are ahead for Stephon Diggs. So if you are a Diggs owner, I'm not panicked. I'm not worried. If you're not, you can buy low. I didn't think you are going to be able to buy low after the Houston game last week because I saw the Houston on the schedule. I saw Kansas City on the schedule upcoming, and I was like, this is it. It's been kind of disappointing heading into week four. I was like, He's going to have big games against Houston, big games against Kansas City. You'll never be able to buy low on him again for the rest of the year. I take that back. He had the 100-yard performance against Houston, but now having a two-reception, 69-yard performance in a game in which people are depending upon him to really cash in on their investment, to really be the wide receiver one they drafted him to be in what was supposed to be a shootout game, but not if nothing else, against a really bad defense. The fact that he walks away with just 69 yards and two receptions I think it does open up the door again for him to be a buy-low candidate, legitimately. In which case, I would 100% advise everybody who can to do so. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a plug-and-play wide receiver three until future notice. He's getting utilized in the red zone, guys. It's not a fluke. Cole Beasley, on the other hand, somebody we thought might have some value, especially depending upon game script. This is what I have to say about Cole Beasley. Prepare to be flushed. Because of the emergence of Emmanuel Sanders, they're just, he's not going to be consistent enough. And while I do think there will be games in which he'll get double digit targets and double digit receptions, you're never going to know when that game's going to be. And there's no reason to trust it when you could have a Sanders instead or have anything else instead. And you know what? Good reason, because I don't really like Cole Beasley anyway especially with his off-the-field shenanigan nonsense. But there's no reason to own him. Let's flip, let's flip the script. Let's go to Kansas City. Let's talk about them for a second. Well, Holmes threw the ball 54 times and still didn't throw the ball for 300 yards. So, again, I want to point to that and say, Buffalo's defense, and I've been saying it all year, but they're for real. That's a real defense. Last year... They were disappointing. They didn't play up to expectations. They are playing up to expectations this season. And it's making the Buffalo Bills, in my estimation, the favorite in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. Because right now, I don't see a more complete team on both sides of the ball than the Buffalo Bills in the AFC. I don't see it. I don't see anybody else in the AFC who's a more complete team than the Buffalo Bills right now. This is a big win for them. 
the whole Mahomes under 300 yards when he threw the ball 54 times and had to come back from behind. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Mahomes, fantasy-wise, though, he tacked all 61 yards on the ground. He was fine. It wasn't great. The turnovers kind of got you a little bit, but he was he was fine. He was good. He was a QB1. You're not worried about that. Here's what you are worried about. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hurt, down, out. We don't know exactly how long yet, but it does sound like it could be a month. Somewhere along those lines. We're still waiting to get the exact results from that, at least as of taping the show. Maybe we'll know by later on today before the waiver wire actually hits. But it could be multiple games. So, as you can imagine, we're going to talk about Darrell Williams when we get to the waiver wire section at the end of the show. But it's not just him. Even before Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt, Jeremy McKinnon was getting mixed in. Darrell Williams, the two weeks previous, was already getting more playing time as it was. When Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back, this might not necessarily be his backfield anymore. He might be in a committee regardless, which means Williams, he doesn't just have value because he's a handcuff, who's now the starter. He's going to have value the rest of the season because he might be the goal line guy. And that, that wasn't just this week because Edwards-Hilaire got hurt. So Darrell Williams is something we have to keep our eye on. In this game, five carries, 27 yards. Good efficiency rate. They weren't, you know, obviously the Chiefs were not in position to run the ball a whole hell of a lot in this game. Does tack on three receptions for 18 yards. Jared McKinnon, two receptions, 13 yards in this matchup. The big thing, you look at their targets route run. It, Williams at 24, McKinnon had 22. So you kind of like that from some standpoint because now you're looking at this thing like, hey, you know what? We got two guys that are going to be allowed to split. Darrell Williams, they've always liked him in pass protection. But I think you're going to see Williams and McKinnon split the passing down work. Now, I don't know about the carries. Williams will definitely get the goal line. I think that's a given because he was doing that even with Hilaire in there. I think he's a better runner at this point than McKinnon. I think he's there more to be a pass catcher. But something to kind of keep your eye on it. Maybe McKinnon's not going to make my waiver wire report, but half point, full point PPR is a dart throw. He could be in the conversation depending on how this whole thing shakes out. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided, you know what, McKinnon's going to be our pass catching back and Drolin's going to handle everything in between. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Now, because again, the utilization in this game, Darrell Williams had two more routes run than Jeremy McKinnon. So if you're going to pick up Darrell Williams, you like that because now it's like, okay, I'm getting a guy who I know is going to get the red zone work, but also have an opportunity to catch the ball in the Chiefs offense. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're happy about. Tyreek Hill, he had a knee sprain, but a very, very minor one because they're already saying that they expect him to play this Sunday, week six. Same thing with Travis Kelsey and the shoulder issue, Stinger, they called it. He's expected to play. So injuries, but nothing major. Tyreek Hill still walking away with double-digit targets, seven receptions. It just happened for 63 yards, but this was not going to be an easy matchup. We all knew this with Travis White, and again, this Buffalo Bills defense being for real. But they were trying like hell to get him involved. Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown, six receptions, 57 yards, 10 targets. So he still has a nice tight end one fantasy day for you. Mecole Hardman, 
how about this one? He gets double digit targets, nine receptions, 76 yards. Now, Miko Harmon's, you're not going to go pick him up. You're just not. We've seen him flash before and then disappear all the same. We know Josh Gordon, who made his debut in this game, got, you know, one target for 11 yards. They brought in Josh Gordon to compete with Hardman, Robinson, Pringle to take that second receiver spot. So good for you for Hardman for having a game where you did something where Kansas City was trailing from behind and it mattered not at all anyway. But this is not an indication of something to come, to continue at all whatsoever. But really interesting days ahead for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have to do some soul searching, I believe, especially defensively. But offensively, too. I mean, they have not been the same efficient Chiefs team that they were a season ago. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, talk about the Monday night game. What a great game that was. And they'll have the waiver wire report soon after that. So everybody stay tuned on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back with you right after this. The NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to MyBookie.ag and choose from a variety of boost contests and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. And it only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open, and all it takes is one solid week to get you back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with MyBookie today. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag and use promo code MDFANTASY to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code MDFANTASY. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and are watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're streaming to you live on social media at Billy Up NDFF Show. Also on YouTube, the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel. Make sure you hit us up after the show on your favorite pod streaming app, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker. And make sure you check us out tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Just recap the Sunday night game. Now we're going to recap the Monday night game for you today. And then we'll get to the waiver report after that. But what a Monday night game it was. The Colts led pretty much the whole way until the fourth quarter. And then it was Lamar Jackson magic time, baby. Ravens win this game 31-25 in OT. But Lamar Jackson... 37 of 43. 37 of 43. What a completion percentage. 442 passing yards. Four passing touchdowns. Oh, by the way, tacked on 62 yards on the ground. Tyson Williams was active in this game. He had four carries. Latavius Murray, six. Lamar Jackson, he's just he's the offense. He's Superman. Lamar Jackson's Superman. He's the lead ball carrier. He's the passer. He's the engine. He's the offense. If the Ravens keep winning games, he's the MVP. 
That's what he's playing like right now. Fantasy-wise, you'd love to see it. I mean, the only thing he didn't do was rush for a touchdown on top of everything else. That's, that's the only thing he didn't do. By the way, while he was on his way to throwing for almost 500 yards in this game, took a little, took a couple of familiar foe faces with him along the way. Mark Andrews hadn't gotten to the end zone yet this season, comes out with a huge game, the tight end one performance on the week, 13 targets, 11 receptions, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Sammy Watkins goes down with a hamstring injury, so the targets really got consolidated around Mark Andrews. Oh, and of course, Marquise Brown, who's been having one hell of a year. Nine receptions, 125 yards, and two touchdowns in his own right on 10 targets. Marquise Brown's a must-play wide receiver, too, every single week. The Ravens are throwing the ball more, but more importantly than the Ravens throwing the ball more, Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball deep. They're taking shots. They're giving Marquise Brown opportunities to be a big play threat. And he looks thicker. He looks better. He's developed. He's getting off the line of scrimmage better. He's explosive as he's ever been. But he has definitely developed his skills. And he's becoming a very, very dangerous wide receiver in an offense that's not still, still not throwing the ball a ton. I mean, they threw the ball a lot in this game, yes. But still, in general speaking, not throwing the ball a ton, a ton. But throwing the ball more and being more aggressive while doing so. And as a result, he's going off like Donkey Kong. We have to see what happens when Rashad Bateman gets thrown into this mix. And what's funny is now he's going to practice. They wanted to hold him on extra weeks. So he gets to practice a full week this week and then make his debut week six. And all of a sudden now that's going to be the week that Sammy Watkins, may, we have to find out what the hamstring injury is going to be, but he maybe misses with the hamstring and Bateman can go ahead and just slide into that Watkins role, which is kind of what we expected from him in, in the first place from the get-go. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all breaks down. But you love to see this from Mark Andrews, especially who have been okay but being that he hasn't found the end zone, hasn't been really the top five tight end that you drafted him to be. Well, he turned in a huge performance in this one to get things going. And the Colts just continue to be a team that you can just take advantage of. You got a wide receiver or quarterback playing against the Colts, play them. Because while their, their front four is still really good and they're not the easiest team to run on, you could throw the ball a ton on this team. A ton. But the Colts are good fantasy-wise, too. Carson Wentz, Played really well. really Again, they were leading this game all the way up until the fourth quarter, and they just collapsed in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz played really well in this game. 25 of 35, 400 yards passing, two passing touchdowns in his own right. Jonathan Taylor comes through on the ground, 15 carries, 53 yards, a touchdown. I will say this, though. I found it a little bit concerning to Marlon Mack is now finding his way into the rotation. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to trade you. We're going to make you inactive the week we say we're going to try to trade you because we don't want to get you hurt. Now we've gone the other way where we're trying to showcase you, I guess. He had five carries, 47 yards. He was efficient with this one today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But it's just a little concerning as a Jonathan Taylor owner. 
I have not to watch Marlon Mack get involved and you're already, you know, you know you're dealing with Naeem Hines on a week in, week out basis as it is. Although I will say in this game, Taylor was the pass catcher. Because while he got you 53 yards on the ground on a touchdown and wasn't particularly efficient with his yards per carry, 3.5, bust a 76-yard screen reception for a touchdown in this game. Four targets, three receptions, 116 yards on the day. So he has a huge fantasy game in his own right. He's starting to play like an RB1 over the past couple of weeks and getting going himself. 18 touches for Jonathan Taylor. That's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for 18-plus touches out of him in any given week. Naeem Hines was not involved in the passing game. The second week in a row, Naeem Hines hasn't been involved, which makes me a little bit concerned because now you know that means that probably next week he's going to have like double-digit touches or something. Outside of that, Michael Pittman is the only other fantasy-relevant Colts player. Six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets in this game. We don't know when T.Y. Hilton's coming back. It's been brought up a couple times. It looks like he's still not close to that happening. So we don't know exactly for sure yet. But until that happens, Michael Pittman is a wide receiver three who has a nice, healthy target share every single week. What a great Monday night game this was. Really great game. Fantasy-wise, I mean, Lamar Jackson is just poof, unbelievable. Nothing really changed out of these two teams, like I said. And Latavius Murray still has to operate as the, the lead back, but he's an, a volume-based, situational RB3 at best. And that's it. At least Tyson Williams was allowed to be active again. Le'Veon Bell wasn't. Devonta Freeman got his one carry, and that was it. I don't, I'm don't. i never going to be excited to play Latavius. But he has to be the lead guy for now. That's going to do it for the Monday night recap. So I want to hit one more break, get one more word from the sponsor, because then we'll talk about the waiver report and then we'll end the show. That's all coming up here on the MD's fantasy football show. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Your client's going away for 10 years. Unless. Unless. We swap first round picks. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time for you to put the PP back in the PPR league with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. And good news for our international listeners. Their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. All with the 20% off and free international shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're going over the primetime matchup recaps. We just did that for the Sunday night and the Monday night game. Now it is time for the Waiver Wire Report. And as always, we're streaming to you live on social media at Billy Up MDFF Show and on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. Check us out after the episode for the favorite pod streaming app. And check us out tonight from 7 to 8 on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. 
So I got a nice list put together for you guys. And like normal, this is players that are less than 50% owned on average throughout all the major platforms. I take ESPN, NFL, Yahoo, put them all together. Get the guys who are on average less than 50% owned. I talk about them because we try to be as inclusive on this show as I possibly can be to be able to help out as many people as we can. That are part of MD Nation because we're a wide, we're a wide ranging and growing audience, and I thank you guys for that. And I thank you guys for tuning in every single week. So I broke these guys down by how much they're owned and by position. So let's start with the quarterbacks. I only have one quarterback actually this week. Uh, that's less than fifty percent owned that I want you to go after. That's Sam Darnold. I know I made fun of him in uh, yesterday's show, and he didn't have a good week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Having said all that. Christian McCaffrey's going to be back most likely anyway this week. As long as McCaffrey's there, having that safety blanket as a quarterback, there's no words for that. You're automatically going to have at least a decent floor. And outside of this week against the Philadelphia Eagles, Sam Darnold's been a streaming quarterback. You got a good matchup coming up this week. If you're looking for a streaming quarterback, Sam Darnold's a guy that you can go ahead and play. He's 46% owned right now. And if he's still out there and available, I would think... You and being that he's had a bad game this past week, there's no reason why you should be using a priority. There's probably no reason why you need to use Fab at this point to grab him either. So grab him for free, and you'll have probably a guy who has at least top 12 upside heading into this matchup on week six. That's the only quarterback. So let's dive into the running backs. Sony Michelle, 49% owned. Now, this is just a handcuff move, but Darrell Henderson. We just he's injury prone. We know this. We know he's a guy that if he's consistently getting a workhorse role, which is what he's going to have as long as he's healthy, apparently, he could be injured at any given moment. And Sony Michelle looks decent. He does. But for nothing else, he's already proven that he's the one for one handcuff. If Henderson goes down, Michelle gets the workhorse role. We've already gotten to see that. So if you're a Henderson owner, you have to make sure you grab Sony Michelle. And he just makes my list being the 49% owned that he is. Alex Collins, 41% owned. Now, apparently there was some good news about Chris Carson, or at least according to Pete Carroll, and what you want to take out of that, let me know, because we all know Pete Carroll tends to lie quite a bit when it comes to injuries, or be at least overly optimistic, maybe is the nice way to say it. But Alex Collins, while he wasn't fantastic on Thursday night against the Rams, he was the lead guy. He ran the most routes, had by far the most carries. The only times he wasn't in is two-minute drill and third and long. So, yes, his his passing ability will be somewhat limited due to that, but he still got his opportunities, especially in the screen game. And he looked fine. I mean, he didn't look overly explosive. He didn't look fantastic or anything like that, but he looked fine. What's important is that we know he's the bell cow back if Chris Carson continues to miss time. And now that we know that Carson's dealing with a chronic neck injury, meaning that this thing is going to have to be managed all year long, well, if you're a Chris Carson owner, you can't go forward without owning Alex Collins. And if you're anybody else, Alex Collins is the guy who's going to be consistently one play, one breath away from having a workload the following week. And he may even have one this week. We still don't know if Carson's going to play this week. So Alex Collins somebody you have to go after. I think he's actually going to have season-long value as a result to this. He's much better than Rashad Penny. Even Rashad Penny were to come back, I I don't think that's going to be an argument or discussion. So I'm going to spend about mm, 
maybe 15%, 20% of my fab. I don't want to go crazy. This isn't a guy I want to drop 50% on because he's still not fantastic. He's not awesome in his own right. He's still not Chris Carson, 100% healthy in his own right. And it's not a guy that, like, you don't have a set period of time, like, I know, like, for the next month, or I know for the next six weeks, or I know for eight weeks, or I know for the season, I got a starting guy here. It's going to be a week-to-week basis thing. But 20, 25% of my fab, if I'm looking for a running back who's going to have some value in and out throughout the entire season, priority, yeah. If you're a Chris Carson owner, make sure you grab him. If you're a Chris Carson owner, I think you got to go 30, 35%. I'd hate to do that because I don't think Alice Collins is a league winner. But I think you have to. You have to protect yourself. Kenneth Gainwell. Now, I know this week you didn't do much because they tried to actually give the ball to Miles Sanders, which was different than what they've done so far this season. But we all saw how that went. Yes, they won the game, but Miles Sanders was crap. I think it's very likely, at least in the passing game, they go back to Kenneth Gainwell starting next week. Especially playing against Tampa Bay this upcoming week, Thursday night, where you can't run the ball anyway. The only only way you can attack Tampa Bay is through the air with the running backs. I think you're going to see Kenneth Gainwell, who's the more explosive pass catcher, be really utilized on Thursday. Now, I'm not saying you pick him up and play him, but I think there's a good chance that he'll be more heavily owned after this Thursday's game when he has a good performance on primetime television. That's more my point. That's more what I'm getting at. I still think he's going to take over this job for Miles Sanders at some point this season. So go get Kenneth Gainwell. At this point, 36% owned, coming off of a bad week, if he's still available in your league, I don't think you'd have to use any resources to get him. So that's the other good news. He's a free running back, essentially, with, who is a lotto ticket. Sticking with the running backs, of course, Darrell Williams. He's only 7% owned. So th- this is going to be the guy everyone goes after. Again, we don't know the definitive timeline for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but what we do know is Darrell Williams playing more and more regardless And while I don't expect him to be the workhorse, quote-unquote, I do think McKinnon will be involved enough where it won't be Williams just kind of running away with all the touches. We know that he'll get the goal line looks, that they don't mind giving him goal line looks and actually letting him run the football because he'll actually convert. He is trusted on pass protection, therefore gets his opportunities in the passing game, and still the Kansas City's offense. So I'm I'm in. If I'm Clyde Zelaire, I'm de- owner. I'm going forty percent. I'm going forty percent. If I'm not, and I don't think the Clyde Zelaire owner in my league is going to go after him necessarily. I think 30, 35. Because I think he's in another situation where even if you know Clyde Zelaire is not gone all season, he's not expected to be. I think he will have value throughout the year. So this isn't just a one-off situation either. And I'm willing to be a little bit more aggressive. And of course, there's a priority on him. Ramondre Stevenson, again, like I said, he, I'd said he was going to make my list uh, during uh, yesterday's show. But more so as a stash and hold, see where Harris's ribs are at. See if Stevenson can bridge the gap between runner and receiver since he had the skill set in college. Who knows? I think there's a chance he could take over for Brandon Bolton because he's just a guy. There's nothing special about him. 
So it's kind of a more of a like keep in the back of your head thing. Don't spend anything for him. You don't even necessarily have to go crazy after him. But this guy, Khalil Herbert, he's 5% owned. You're going after him. I mean, he, look, he's in a 50-50 work share. If you went hard after Damian Williams, you have to go after Khalil Herbert now. You can't, you can't just leave your investment wide open. You have to. He had more snaps, more carries. Now, like I said in yesterday's show, if they find themselves in a situation where they have to come back from behind or they're playing against a team where they actually have to throw the ball more than, you know, 20 times in a game, which is what they've been able to do the past couple of weeks, that's going to be the Damian Williams show. He's going to own that passing role. That part I have no doubt, which is why he's going to be ranked ahead as the more valuable back for me. However, I like Khalil Herbert's skill set as a runner. He's a very good runner. He breaks tackles. He's exposed to the line of scrimmage. He has good vision. He's somebody who maybe doesn't have the upside, the floor that comes with a passing game. But if he's going to be in this much of a 50-50 split on a team that looks like they're ready to be run first the rest of the year, which is what we've seen the past two weeks out of Bill Lazor, then until Montgomery comes back, Herbert can be considered, I believe, an RB3 in, in certain matchups. So spend 20% of your fat. Use your priority to pick him up. Would I use the number one on him? I don't know if I use the number one on him. But if my priority is like in about the mid-level of my league or lower, yeah, I'm probably using it there. It's going to be a valuable guy. Devontae Booker. 3% owned. Now, I would spend more money and a higher priority on a Darrell Williams, even on a Cleo Herbert. Reason being, after the news that we got about Saquon Barkley, there's a decent chance this is a one-week, one-off situation. Now, who's to say Barkley doesn't pick up another injury at some point, another time? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. If you're a Saquon Barkley owner, it's probably more worth it for you to use the priority, use 15 20% of your fad budget to go get them, and just protect yourself if you hadn't already. Because you're kind of you're going to need to at Saquon. I don't want to go crazy. And if you're not the Barkley owner, I'm 10, 15% if I really need a running back this week. Because after this week, I don't know how much value he's going to have. With Barkley, like I said, Barkley might only be missing one week here. Even if it winds up being the two four, the reason I don't want to go crazy over is because we've seen Devontae Booker in this role before. Yes, he got two touchdowns on Sunday. But he's just a guy. He's very average in everything he does. And even if he gets a workhorse role, he's still at best a low-end RB2, more like a a volume-based RB3. I don't want to go nuts for guys that aren't going to win me, aren't going to be, aren't going to be able to win me leagues. Even though the running backs are getting double-digit work, uh, double-digit touches. I don't want to get over overly excited about it. He's not that guy to me. He's got to be a pickup, for sure. He should go after him. Everyone needs a starting running back. Bye week start this week. But I really feel like he only has value to the Barkley owner after this week. Now let's get to the wide receivers. Rondale Moore, 37% owned, top of my list, along with Christian Kirk, who's 28% owned. That needs to be the other way around. I know, again, Rondale Moore actually had better utilization and for the first time had more routes run than Christian Kirk. But before that, Christian Kirk had been dominating the routes run. He's the 
He's higher up the food chain on the wide receiver list for the Arizona Cardinals. If A.J. Green does go kaput or gets hurt, he's the one who goes to number two. Rondell Moore then moves into the slot. Christian Kirk should be more owned than Rondell Moore. Okay? Plain and simple. He should be. Are they both boomer bust wide receiver fours until further notice? Yeah, 100%. But they both should be owned. James Crowder, 32% owned. I know it wasn't the game you're looking for against Atlanta. It doesn't change the fact double-digit targets are going to happen more times than not given the game script and given the fact he plays a slot receiver position, which was Zach Wilson wants to go to with the football. So I know against Atlanta it was a little bit disappointing. However, especially full-point PPR leagues, Crowder's a nice little receiver to be able to plug and play, and you're going to need a, a guy like that as a spot starter throughout your bye weeks. I think you can get him for free. Maybe 5% of your fab at most. I'm not going to waste the priority on him because there's other receivers you can be had, like a Moore, like a Kirk, like a Tim Patrick, who's still only 29% owned. Guys, Tim Patrick produces. He is a low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four with a high floor every single week because he produces when he gets to be the starter. When are we going to get this through our brains? He needs to be more than 29% owned. Josh Gordon, still in my speculatory territory. He makes the list 24% owned. Of course, his, his ownership shot up through the roof quite a bit, but still, he's got a long way to go before he's back in football shape, before he can prove he can actually be the dependable third pass catcher in the Kansas City Chiefs that you're hoping he's going to be by picking him up in the first place. Still a lot of what ifs with the Josh Gordon situation. So nothing more than a, a valuable luxury stash. Kadarius Tony, of course, makes my list 12% owned. However, I'm not going to use priority and I'm not going to use fab. Again, is another situation where we don't know if he's even going to be available this week. Put on top of the fact of Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, even if they're not back this week, they'll probably be back the following week. Shepard's going to take his slot receiver role back. So while Kadarius Tony had this big breakout game, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear from him again for a while, depending on what happens this week. So he makes the list because if Tony can go and there is still no Shepard and there is still no Slate, and we already know there's probably not going to be a Galladay, and he's back to being the de facto, you know, only receiver left standing, you're going to want to play him next week. So that's why he makes the list, but it actually might not be a likely scenario. Now we move to the tight ends. Tyler Conklin, 23% owned. I know he didn't have the great week against the traits. He's still been too consistently involved, still had the routes run, still had the utilization at the end of the day. And we need tight ends for streamers. He's a streaming available tight end. You know who else is? Zach Ertz. He's 19% owned. Not exciting. Is he still splitting with Dallas Goddard? Yeah, but that's the point. If Dallas Goddard is going to be more than 50% owned, and started more times than not, then Zach Ertz has to be too. In fact, Zach Ertz has actually been more targeted than Dallas Goddard so far this season. But you can't have Dallas Goddard playing as a you know low-end tight end one that you're hoping you know gets a touchdown for you and not own and be doing the same exact thing with Zach Ertz because they're getting the same exact snap, same exact utilization, same exact routes run, everything down the board. It's, it's 50-50 all the way. So that many people have Goddard, you should have Zach Ertz too. And then last but not least, my tight end sleeper of the week, Dan Arnold, 1% owned, got eight targets last week. 
Something that I think with no DJ Chark and a volume-based offense, because they're all suck. The defense is terrible. Concept to come back from behind. I think it's something that actually could be sustainable in that range, making Dan Arnold a soon-to-be top-end streaming tight end on a week-to-week basis. So somebody kind of keep your eye out on there, too. That's going to do it for the show. That's my waiver wire report, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. Remember, we got a new time. We're going to be back tomorrow, Wednesday night. It's the first time we've ever actually done a show on Wednesday night. I've always had that night off. I usually get that done to get the rankings. We're going to try to get that done sooner. Wednesday night, Chris and I will be back somewhere between 9 p.m. and 9.30 is when we're going to go live. Not sure exactly when yet. We'll get to you on that. Make sure you're following us along at on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, so that way you don't miss anything. We're going to be back with the Thursday night and the early Sunday game, matchup game uh, preview for week six. Getting you guys going. Getting done earlier in the week as we go back to our Monday through Friday normal schedule or new normal schedule, I should say. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll talk to you again real soon. Good luck on your waiver wires, and let's keep getting better for week six. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.